Hey, good morning. How's everybody today? It's less than a week before Christmas. Everybody gets a little crazy. So that's okay. Let's open our Bibles, 1 John chapter 3. We're going to pick it up where we left off, actually. Uh, kind of continue some of the same thoughts. 1 John chapter 3, our study in... Uh, the first letter of John. Let's look at verse 1. It says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us that we should be called the children of God. So just a little uh, review. You know, he says, Behold, look at it. Pay attention to it. How great the love is that God gave to us that, that he would make us his children. He loves, he loves us. He loves you so, so much. And I think we don't kind of grasp really. We really, really don't know it. And that's what Paul prayed uh, for the Ephesians, that they would grasp it, that they would know it, that how much God really loves us and that nothing can separate, it, uh, separate us from it and, and this love uh, of a father. The love of the Father who makes us His children. So how do we become one of His children? It's not automatic. We're not, you know, I, I've, been a, I've been one of God's children ever since I was born. It's not like that. We, we, we become children of God by receiving Him and believing in His Son, Jesus Christ. We're saved. We're children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the, that's the first thing we need to know, to be a child of God. This is love, John said, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And it always gets back to the cross, doesn't it? That he loved us. And he proved it. He sent his son so that by, by trusting, by believing, by receiving Jesus Christ, we become children of God. We become sons and daughters of God. So, kind of... Going on from that thought, what I want to look at today is this idea of being children of God, being sons and daughters of God. And we can say that, but, but it comes with benefits and it comes with responsibilities. Benefits and responsibilities. We're going to look mostly at the benefits today of what kind of what John is talking about here. And he's going to carry on in the next section a little bit, a little bit more about the responsibilities. But let's read uh, verses uh, 1 through 3. Uh, we'll, we'll start in verse 1 again. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Notice he says that, and it, he makes this point now. He says, we are. That's what we are. Sons and daughters of God. It's what we are. And again, uh, I made the point 
you know, it's not always how we feel. It's, it's what God's word declares, that we are the children of God. You are a child, you are a son or a daughter of God. You are one of his children. You have a father. You have a father in heaven, someone who loves you, someone that you can turn to, someone who is always there for you, a, a true father, the best father, a perfect father. Uh, it says in 1 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 6, uh, God says, I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. I will be a father to you. There's something very, very special about that, and I think, you know, I, I talked quite a bit about that last week, about the fact that he's a father, and it doesn't matter what our father and our earthly father was or, or should be or is even now. Because we have a Father in heaven. That's why Jesus taught. He says, our Father in heaven. He taught them to pray, to speak to him. Our Father in heaven. Now, this relationship that we have with God being you know, one of his sons or one of his daughters, it's a relationship. It's not a religion. It's a relationship that's created through faith, by faith, that we now have this relationship with God. And, and we know that relationships need work, right? Is that true? You know, we, we, need to, we need to put some work into our relationships if we want them to grow, if we want to learn, if we want to make them better. And so it's the same kind of thing with our relationship with God as our Father. We, 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 we need to interact and we need to spend time with Him. We need to speak to Him and listen to Him. So we've got this relationship with God as, as children, but John brings it up here. He says in, in the last part of verse 1, he says, The world does not know us. They don't understand that. Does the world around get this idea of being a child of God? They haven't a clue what that's all about. And John tells us why. He says the reason they don't is because they don't know God. They don't know him. And so you can't expect them. You're going to talk to them, well, you know, God's my father, and, and uh, he loves me, and I love him, and, and we have this relationship. I, I love that song, the old hymn, you know, in the garden. He, he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me what? that I am his own. So this relationship, but you say that to somebody who, who doesn't know anything about who God is, they don't know him, they're going to think you're like from another planet. You're like weird. You are one of those Jesus people, Jesus freaks. But that's okay, you know. Jesus actually warned about that, didn't he? And back in the Gospel of John, Jesus warned, he says, if the world hates you, Keep in mind, it hated me first. He said, if you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. So, there, you know, there's this thing happening. And because we're not in the world, we're in the family of God now. There's something that, that happens. He says, you don't belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. He said, he said remember these things. He said, they will treat you like this because they... Of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. They don't know. They don't understand. We can't get mad at them about that. Although they get mad at us. In fact, in John 16, Jesus said, You know, they, he says, I've told you all these things so that you won't go astray. 
He says, they will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he's offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. Remember these things, I've warned you. Now, we, we, we don't face that much persecution yet in our country. But in many places around the world, uh, persecution is, is go- ongoing right now where people are being killed for their faith. Sometimes we live in this little bubble where we think, you know, that, that it's all about, you know, us and what we have. Although, as, as I've been saying, it's getting worse in our country, and it, and it will. It will get worse. Jesus warned uh, his disciples about it, and, and I think we need to be warned about it today in our country that it will get harder to, to you know, identify as a follower of Jesus Christ. That doesn't make it untrue that we are a child of God. Matthew Henry, that wonderful commentator, pastor, he said this, Little does the world think that these poor, humble, treated with contempt ones are the favorites of heaven and will be inhabitants there before long. Despite what the world around us, you know, they don't get it, they don't understand the way they might treat us, the way they are treating people in different countries and places like China. We are the favorites of heaven. Why? Because we're his children. We're sons and daughters. And, and it, it, at one point in time, soon, you and I will be living there. That will be our home. We'll be inhabitants of heaven. Notice he says in verse 2, he says, uh, <clears throat> and there's, a, there's this kind of tension, or not tension, but the, the contrast between what's happening now, what we, what we have now, and what we will have in the future. And, and we see that in this passage, too. It comes out. In verse 2, he says, now. What? We are children of God now. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. So right now we are the children of God, but there is yet more to come, you see. It's not everything here. It's not, as they say, the whole enchilada. Right? You heard that expression? I don't know what that means. I don't know what an enchilada really is, but no, I do. I grew up in San Diego. I know what it is. <laughs> but we have part of it here. But he says we, we are children of God. Right now, you are a child of not, not I'm going to be one when I get to heaven. Then I'll be in the family. Then I'll get to you know, see it all and know it all. But right now, you are a child of God. If you have accepted and believed Jesus Christ, you are a child of God right now. You are His. He walks with me, He talks to me, He tells me that I am His own. Paul said the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. We are. You are. With all the benefits that come with that. There are benefits to, 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 having, to being in a family, right? To having a father. There are benefits to that. But we're talking about being a child of the Almighty God. As I read in, from 2 Corinthians there, he said, 
Now let me read it again, if I can find it. Oh, here he said, I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So the benefit of being uh, one of the child, you know, one of the children of God, he says this, if you are children or we are children, he says, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may share in his glory. So you and I are heirs. We, we, we've got an inheritance coming. Peter talked about it. We have an inheritance coming. He says that, that this inheritance can never perish, never spoil, never fade, and it's kept where? Where is that inheritance? It's in heaven. It's kept in heaven for you and me. We have an inheritance. Now, I don't know about you. Did you ever get an inheritance? I got one one time. And uh, kind of out of the blue, really, I got this inheritance. And, it, it, you know, it was like $10 million or something like that. No, actually, it was only 10000 but 10000 is a lot of money when you, when you don't have 10000 right? I got this inheritance. I go, wow, now I can pay off my credit card. But I'm not expecting any more inheritances here on this earth. My parents have both passed away. I got a couple hundred. <laughs> oh, man. But... I don't really expect anything, but, but I have an inheritance coming. You see, this is one of the benefits, but it's not necessarily right here and right now. It's, it's safe, though. No one can take it away. There's no court that's going to you know, try to strike that, that will down. No, God's will is firm and steadfast, and he's got an inheritance waiting for you and for me as a child of God. And, 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 and we can kind of know that. We should know that. Why? Because it affects how we live here and now. That, that it isn't all here. It isn't all now. Some of it's here, though. Like I said, there's this picture here of, of the now and also what's coming in the future. Some of it is here. Some of, it, some of the blessings and the benefits of being a child of God are right here. This relationship that we have with God, that He cares, that He's there for you, that He's there for me. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 1 that he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He's blessed us. This is what we already have. Every spiritual blessing in Christ. You know, I, I, <clears throat> I guess it's still true today, but, but early on, you know, I, I, there was a book. It said, Live Like a King's Kid. Any of you ever remember that? This is going back to like the 70s. And I was like four back then. <clears throat> but you know there's this idea that you know and we see it in the Lord's prayer you know our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come so so our father is definitely a king right he is the, he is like the king 
And so if I'm a child of God, I'm a child of the king. So I should be living like a king, right? I should have a sports car and I should have an airplane and a mansion and, and, and all this sort of stuff. Now, it's not wrong to have those things. But, it, but it's this idea of, you know, this is, this is what it's all about. It's all about right here and right now. And it's all about the physical things and it's all about the stuff that we can have right now. But that's not the picture that I see when I read about what Jesus was like. And that's not the picture I see when we, we think about the warnings and, and what Jesus said. You know, don't be, don't be surprised if they put you out of the synagogue, if they kill you, if they persecute you. Don't be surprised about those things. In fact, how did Jesus live? You know, did he, did he drive around in a, a Bentley? One of the kids came up with this at youth worship, you know, and, and I, I, it, it is so true. Paul says in Philippians 2, he said, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who is what? The Son of God. He's the child. He's the Son of God, right? It says, who being in very nature God, he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and he became obedient to death, even death on a cross. This is what the Son of God did. He, he humbled himself. He didn't go around, you know, trying to say, well, listen, if, you know, I, I, I'm going to, you know, zap you because he had all power he could because you don't recognize who I am. He humbled himself as a child as the Son of God. Some of the things that, you know, that you and I are promised, they're not going to be here, but that doesn't take away. That doesn't take away from what we do have, every spiritual blessing. The, the relationship, as I said, with a father. That's what you and I need to be focusing on. Not, well, you know, I don't have all this stuff, so, you know, why isn't God blessing me with all this stuff? Well, he never promised that. He promised to take care of you. And, and, and you know what? I can honestly say, and, and Paul t uh, David talks about in the Psalms, you know, you've never seen, you know, uh, God's children begging for bread. God has taken care of me. And, and, you know, could I have, you know, made more money doing this or got more doing that? I could have. But, but God has provided for me and for my family for, for, for hundreds of years. Feels like it. <laughs> Decades, let's put it that way. Decades where he's always taking care of me. And, and has it been easy all the time? Has, have there been times where we, you know, we went to the food closet at the church and got stuff? But God has provided. And he will. And he, and he continues to. But you know what? I, I don't have to have a Porsche. I'd love to have one. That's like my favorite. So if any of you, you know, want to give me one, that's okay. <laughs> to be honest with you, uh, as much as I would love to have one, I, I just couldn't do it. Just because it, of the message it would send as being a pastor. And, and it just, I, just, I just couldn't do it. So give it to someone else. 
Maybe they'll let me drive it. Uh, you know, I'll put a mask on or something. You won't know that's me driving it. But notice what he says here in verse 2. He says, what we will be has not yet been made known. It's not clear all the things that God has prepared for you and for me. It's not, it's not clear, but, but we know that there, there are things that are going to be happening. And this word glory keeps coming up in all the different verses that I looked at. This word of glory, that it's, it's something got to do with the glory of God and the glory that he's going to pour out upon us. It's really out of this world, the glory of God. Paul talked about it in Romans. He said, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. You see, the whole creation itself is like waiting for this all to kind of come together, and it will, and it's going to. But the glory, you know, the, 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 the suffering that we go through now, and, and we do go through suffering. Do any of you go through suffering? Well, I don't think that a child of God should go through any suffering. Where did you read that? In fact, what it, what it says is in the, Jesus promised in the world you will have tribulation, suffering. And that word means pressure. Pressure, pressure, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. That's what Jesus said. He promised we would be facing these things. So, but he says here that, you know, that they're not worth comparing. The suffering that we're going through now isn't worth comparing with the glory that will be ours yet to come. In fact, the, the creation is, itself is waiting for it to be revealed the children of God, to come into the glory that he has. Matthew Henry said, the glory that's pertaining to the sonship and adoption is reserved for another world. It's true. But we have this hope. and We have this confident expectation of what God is going to do. Look at the last part of verse 2. He says, he says but we know... That when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We know that. That that when he appears, number one, we know that he's going to appear. He's going to return. One way or another, he's going to come here for us to take us to be with him, or we're going to be going to him. At some point in time, we know that that is what's going to happen. I love what... What it says in Colossians 3, it says, When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him where? In glory. When, when, he, when he comes, when he appears, you and I, things are going to change radically. Radically. That's why we don't need to put all our eggs in the basket here. Where did, where did Jesus say to store your treasures? In heaven, not here. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you also will appear with him in glory. It, it says that, you know, we shall be like him when he appears. We're going to be like him. And, and one, of the, one of the things that God is doing in our lives is making us more like Jesus. 
right? He talks about it in Romans, talks about it in 2 Corinthians. That doesn't mean that we're all going to be, you know, exactly the same. We're going to still have unique selves, unique personality. But Paul said in Romans that, that those who God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. That that's, this is, this is what, where we're going to be more like Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3 says this, We all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So we, we're looking, and again, we, we don't have the full picture yet, but we're, we're, we're in this relationship with the Father. We're looking at Him, we're looking at Jesus, and we're being transformed. We are being transformed right now into His image from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. He's working in my life. And and the things that he started in my life and in your life, he'll bring to completion. He's going to do it. Sometimes we fight against it, but he's going to, he's going to win. He always wins. I read this, though, that continual beholding generates likeness. We, we look and we look at Jesus. We, you know, the more we look unto Jesus, the more we'll be like him. You think about these couples that have been married like uh, 70 years or something and they all look alike. How does that happen? But the more we look unto Jesus, the more we'll be like him. The more we look at the world, we're going to be like the world. It, it just generates. It happens. Continual beholding generates likeness. But again, we have the here and now and we have what's to come. Because what does it say here? We shall see him as he is. That's incredible, right? We are going to see him as he is. We're going to see him face to face as a matter of fact. 1 Corinthians 13, he says, Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. It's kind of like a mirror that, you know, is all fogged up or, you know, there's, it's dirty. You can't really get a real good uh, picture. It's kind of like cataracts. I just thought of that. Cataracts are a, a, a problem with your lens, right? The lens of your eye. And it's all foggy and you can't really get a good picture. You can't really see that well. It's kind of like that. We, we see Jesus, we, we see the Father, but, but, but it's like not clear. But, but Paul, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12, then, he says, now we see but a poor reflection, but then we shall see face to face. We're going to see face to face. Now I know in part, he says, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. You see, he, he knows you and I completely perfectly. He sees us perfectly. Clearly, but on our part, we can't see him. We can't know him the same way that he knows us, but we will. We will one day. And that's, that's, that's what the, you know, the blessed hope is that you and I, we're, when we're going to be face to face with Jesus. David Guzik said, what makes heaven heaven 
is the unhindered, unrestricted presence of our Lord. And to see him as he is will be the greatest experience of our eternal existence. That's what it's going to be. You know, we're going to get there and we're going to see him. You know, John, who is writing this letter here, he had this incredible uh, revelation, right? The revelation and, 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 and we, we call it the book of Revelation, but the, the real title is the revelation of what? Jesus of Jesus Christ, right? And he saw Jesus and, and what happened when he saw Jesus? He fell on his face. He fell to the ground. He fell at the feet of Jesus. And, and, and just an incredible thing. I, I think about the Apostle Paul, too. When he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, what happened to him? He fell to the ground. We're going to see Jesus face to face, but, but you know, there's this, 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 this word, and, and we see it in the Old Testament. Moses, often he would be face down. And, you know, we're going to see him face to face, but I think we're going to instantly fall on, on our faces. But this is what we have to look forward to, to see him. Radically, things are going to happen. Things will change. You and I will change. Philippians 3, Paul says this, and this has a lot to do with what we're talking about here today. But our citizenship, where's our real home? Where's our real citizenship? It's in heaven. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to himself. So there's things that are going to happen. Again, the benefits of being a child of God, he's going to transform our lowly body. We're waiting. We're eagerly awaiting the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's going to transform our lowly body. Uh, the King James says our vile body. Uh, I think lowly is probably the better translation. It means this thing, this low, this low body. And he's going to change it. He's going to change it to be like his glorious body. 1 Corinthians 15 talks about the, you know, the transformations that will take place. But you know, to get a new body? Man, I can't wait. You know, I can barely pick something off the ground without groaning. Like, what is up with that? I mean, I don't feel it up here, but I feel it here. Talk about cataracts. I can't wait. You know, we're going we're gonna to have a, a transformed body. I guess that's where they come up with the transformer toys. You know, and the Transformers, they always become these big, giant, hulking-looking things. But it's going to be like his glorious body. And again, there's that word glory again, the glory that, we, that you and I have to look forward to. Sons and daughters of God, you know, we have, we have benefits. We have a father. We have a perfect father. We have an inheritance. We have every spiritual blessing. We have heaven to look forward to. We're going to see him face to face. Uh, we're going to be transformed. We're going to be having new bodies. These are, you know, some of the benefits, some of, some of the things of being a child and a son or a daughter 
of the Almighty God. But, but children have responsibilities too, don't they? Amen. We do. Amen. We expect our, our children, you know, you, if you've raised children, you know, you, you want to teach them to be responsible. And they, they need to be responsible uh, as, a, as a part of the family. Of course, uh, human nature uh, being uh, sinful nature, we only want the benefits, right? I just want the benefits. I don't really want to do anything. I don't want any responsibility. But look what he says here in verse 3 as we kind of wrap this section up. He says, everyone who has this hope, this hope of all the things that he's talked about in these verses, who has this hope of heaven, of seeing him, and, and the hope of being, uh, uh, that comes from being a child of God, he says everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. He purifies himself. There's something about being a child of the Almighty God. God is holy. God is pure. Jesus is holy. He says here he is pure. And if this is where you and I are, I think we need to, to think about this. What is, what's my responsibility as a child of God? What? You know, how do I live my life? What are the things I watch? What are the things I listen to? What are the things I do? Where do I go? You know, I, I, I was thinking about this and, uh, you know, I, I watch TV. But I think we need to be very careful with it. I think, you know, a lot of the stuff I watch is pretty benign. You know, escape to the country, stuff like that. But I like to watch these cop shows just because I like cops. I'm a supporter of the police, and, and, I, and I, they always get their guy, though. I don't know how that happens, but it always happens like that. But, but some of the shows, they, they're, just, they're just flat out rude. Mm -hmm. and, and, and they talk about purity. So I have to ask myself, you know, is that really... Something I should be taking into my brain? Right. You know, Philippians chapter 4, I'm looking at this verse, verse 8. He says, you know, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure is one of the things. He says, think about these things. Take these things into your mind. And so... You know, I'm, I'm like reevaluating. Maybe I can't watch that particular show that I like because you know what? The, the, they've got swearing in there. They've got immorality in there. They've got all kinds of graphic stuff that you don't really need to see. And so is that, you know, is that what he's talking about here? Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself. Do we have to make choices? I think we do. I'm just being honest with you. I have to make choices, and, and, and if I see, you know, something like it's just taking my mind in a, in a not a good direction, I need to turn it off. You know, we have the we have the uh, the internet now, and, and you know, uh, the stuff that's available now. You used to have to, you know, sneak into certain buildings to find. And you and I need to be very, very careful with what we look at on the internet. I'm talking about a lot of bad stuff. Pornography, violence, 
all kinds of stuff that takes our minds into to radically bad directions. You, we need to be very careful about this, people. We've got computers in our pockets now. You know, this isn't, this isn't something new, but, you know, it's something I think we need to be, you know, be talking about because, you know, some of the, some of the statistics come out that talk about, you know, how, how people are addicted to some of these things. It's right around the corner, it's right there in your pocket. It's right there. And you and I need to be very, very aware of it and very careful of it. And, and sometimes uh, we need to just get rid of it completely. If we can't control it, if we can't stop it, if we can't make good decisions, we need to get it out of our pockets. That's radical. What do you mean? I, I can't have a, a cell phone? Well, maybe, maybe, maybe you need to get a program of some kind of... Uh, uh, blocking program on your cell phone. They make all those. I, I have different things in, in, in my house and here, even at the church, that block these things. My phone has got some kind of a setting on there that I don't have control over. Let's, let's be real about this. We're not as strong as we think we are. I don't trust myself enough to have access to certain things. And so you and I need to really think about this. It's addictive. It's, it's destructive. It destroys relationships. This is real. This is today in our lives. And he says, purify ourselves just as he is pure. 2 Corinthians 7 says, Since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Let us purify ourselves. That's my responsibility. You know, we say, well, God, you know, he could shut down the internet. He could shut down my, you know, access to these things. But you and I have responsibilities, and this is one of them. Peter talked about it. He said, but in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness, the something that we have that we're looking forward to. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Make every effort. What effort are you and I making? Are we making any effort? He says make every effort. Not, you know, we, we need to, to be responsible and Jesus said it blessed are the pure in heart what for they shall see God you know even here and now we we wonder you know well I'm not seeing God working in my life I'm not seeing Jesus in my life today well is your you know is your heart is my heart you know full of impurity well no wonder purity is a good thing. But we live in a very, very impure world and it's getting worse. It's getting worse, not getting better. One of the things he's been talking about here is that we would be made more like Jesus. And we, we see here, it says that just as he is pure, 
We're going to be like Jesus. That's one of the things about Jesus. Jesus is pure. Finally, say, well, you know, we talked about all these things and I can't, I can't do it, but that's not what Peter said. Peter said his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and his goodness. He's given us everything we need. Amen. We can't make excuses anymore, people. We need to get right, do what we need to do. Take steps if you have to. Why? Because you're a child of God. Because you're a son, you're a daughter of God, and, and children need to live like who they are. Live like a king's kid, yes. But that's not talking about the stuff. That's talking about how we live, how we think, what we do. In him we live and move and have our very being. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent your Son, Jesus, that we could become your children. And, and the benefits are so incredible. Oh, we have some suffering here and now, Lord, I know that. But, and, I, and I face a lot of suffering from time to time and the darkness and, and the stuff of this world. But, but it's not worth comparing with the glory that you're going to reveal. the future that, that we have planned out for us. But even in the here and now, this relationship that we, that we walk with you and we talk with you and we know that you call us your own. Father, it is hard. This world is wicked. It's, it's, it's well, the God of this world is setting us up full of traps, full of uh, snares. But you tell us to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus, we look to you, the, the only one that can save us, the only one that can help us. Lord, I thank you that you've given us new life. You've made us a son. You've made us a daughter. Help us, Lord, to live like your children. Father, I pray also for any here today that have never never surrendered, never believed, never received Jesus. If that's you, your, your hope is found in Jesus and all you need to do is open your heart, your life. Ask him in. He will make you a child of God. And simply pray and say, Jesus, I, I'm lost. I'm a sinner. I, I need help. I, I ask you into my life. I receive you as Lord, as Savior. I believe in you. I believe you died on the cross for my sin, that 
you were buried, that you rose from the dead. And I surrender to you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand and sing together, shall we?